Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, Director of Global Talent Development at Framestore. And welcome to the Framestore podcast, a learning and talent development focused podcast made by Framestore for Framestore. Each week we present a conversation in two halves. Part one, the Framestore podcast dailies. Each week we invite a guest to our regular daily session set questions designed to find out what makes our guests tick, what they do at Framestore, their career journey so far, and all manner of advice, tips, and tricks. For our second portion arriving later in the week, we hand the reins over to a guest co-host, a member of the Framestore community who stands to learn a lot from the experience, who engages our guest into a deeper dive conversation, arguably a more technical discussion depending on who we have on the pod. This week's special guest is Prashant Nair, legendary CG supervisor based in Mumbai. This week's guest co-host is Max Decroix, senior look dev and surfacing artist based in Melbourne, Australia. There's some gold in this episode and a rare peek behind the curtain of the role of CG soup. So that's it from me. We very much hope you enjoy episode 11, part one of the Framestore podcast. Welcome back to the Framestore podcast, episode 11, part one. Each week, we invite both a guest from our global Framestore community and a co-host with a keen interest in our guests' craft, work, or career path, and we let the magic happen. We split each episode in two parts across the week. On today's episode, I warm them up by inviting our guests to the Framestore podcast daily session, our 13-question grilling, followed by Thursday's second part, where our co-host leads a deeper dive into why we invited them on the pod in the first place. On this week's episodes, we invite Mumbai-based CG supervisor Prashant Nair to take on the dailies. Across an extensive 22-year career in the industry, Prashant has worked across CG and VFX from films to television, gaming, commercials, and mobile games. With a range of diverse experiences at studios, including MPC, MechMocker, and Technicolor, finally joining Framestore in May 2019. He's worked on shows including, but not limited to, Tom and Jerry, The Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman 1984, Fantastic Beasts 3, Thor 4, Matrix 4, and currently working on The Little Mermaid. Joining us for this week's episodes as co-host is Melbourne-based Max Decroix, a senior look dev and surfacing artist who has come up through Method Studios, with time spent at DNEG and Access Animation to pick a few, on shows including Inception, Scott Pilgrim, John Wick 2 and 3, and more recently, Thor 4, Elvis and Lao Lao Crocodile. We are certainly in fine artistic company this week. Please welcome to the podcast, Prashant and Max. Welcome, welcome. How are you both? Thank you, Simon. Nice to meet you. And hey, Max, how are you doing? Nice to meet you too. Hello, Simon. Hello, Prashant. Very nice to meet you, the both of you. No, it's great. Great to meet you both. And this is the first time we've all met. And it's also a kind of coast-to-coast podcast because it's uh, quite late in your evening, Max, uh, down down there in Melbourne. And, and Prashant, it's kind of late afternoon for you. And I'm just getting my uh, first coffee of the day in to kick off with a, a splendid conversation with, uh, as I said in the, the intro, fine company. So uh, before we get started, I wanted to kind of quickly chat to you, Prashant. So you might well be our first CG Soup on the podcast. And my role on the podcast is to act as kind of every man, really, to ask the questions that nobody dare ask. And I'd love to hear more about the role of CG Soup, what it means to be a CG supervisor, and uh, you know, what do you do on a day-to-day? Well, hi again, everyone. Um, thanks for the opportunity, Simon. I'm the CG supervisor here in Mumbai, a film and episodic. So uh, like Simon just mentioned, I worked on Thor last year, and I'm been working on scallop and and that still goes on the show basically i'm kind of juggling between a lot of stuff here in the studio helping set up into new departments and helping them out to kind of understand what the multi-site workflow is kind of managing the expectations and figuring out like kind of what teething problems they face on a daily basis and giving them the kind of you know uh, the inputs and suggestions to kind of come up with some best ways to tackle this on a daily basis. Beautifully put in a, in a, in a nutshell there, Prashant. I mean, it's almost a problem-solving role, isn't it? Is that fair to say? Yes, that's right, pretty much. 
I mean, it's a very broad brushstrokes for me there, but I'm sure there's more to it than just problem solving. But uh, And a lot of time spent on set, I assume, as well, Prashant. I haven't got the opportunity here to uh, go on any sets, but I think oh, I'm really? looking forward to it. I think probably we're waiting for more departments to set up when you will be getting more sequences or kind of part of shows to kind of, you know, work out of Mumbai. I think probably that's when we will kind of, I'll probably get the opportunity to do that. Yeah, looking forward to it, Simon. Excellent, excellent. How how is life in Mumbai? I mean, you're one of our newer newer studios, and I know we're we're growing exponentially over in Mumbai. I mean, how's the atmosphere in the team? How how is life in in the studio? Life is pretty eclectic, I would say. I mean, you know, uh, we've started like a year and a half ago, and uh, you know, we're almost like two fifty ballpark number. I don't have the right number here, but uh, uh, yeah, we kind of just just getting new department set up. And uh, we have some marketing team from London who's just here to kind of, you know, uh, do some shoots and interviews. So I think they're kind of pretty excited to kind of look at the office here. The studio, they say, looks kind of gives the vibe of the frame store and definitely has the essence of Mumbai uh, or India. You know, you've got a beautiful office space. And uh, I think people uh, kind of uh, who have joined here are pretty happy to be working here and be part of the frame store India. Good news, good news. And how have you found the the global collaboration, um, having worked on such kind of huge, huge shows, you know, like Little Mermaid being one of them uh, as a current show? Um, but how are you finding the global collaboration, obviously with the team in Mumbai, but also the teams all over Framestore globally who are supporting Scholar? So Simon, actually, uh, we started working uh, out of Mumbai just when the pandemic started. So we were still working from home. So, you know, we kind of ironed out a lot of small teething issues, you know, we came across and uh, by the time we came here, you know, I think we kind of had ironed out all of this problem. And uh, I think it's working out pretty well. Uh, we have kind of, you know, we, we are able to kind of work uh, with the different time zones. And, and I think with the kind of the proper brief, what we have from, from the leads from different sites, our team exactly know uh, what to kind of, you know, do on a daily basis. Yeah, I think that's working out well. It's good to hear. And, and Max, I don't want to leave you out, um, particularly around what you do because and you both share shows i mean i don't know whether you've bumped into each other on uh, on on love and thunder because you both have a credit on 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 the same show but uh, but max uh, tell me a bit about your role what it is what is it to be a a surfacing uh, artist surfacing artist that's um that's very much um what i call a a hinge position it's never really part of one department uh, or the next the each studio just like place it pretty much where it fits them but essentially we just act as the uh, the hinge between the asset department and the lighting department i always often use the um the analogy that modeling does clay sculptures just in gray and then they do textures which are just like patrons like 2d patrons if they give me a sphere as a model and a wood texture i can by way of surfacing i can make it look like real wood or like a wood a plastic wood print with the same elements, right? So it's all about dialing in uh, the physical properties of material so that they have the best reaction possible within uh, a lighting set and just look the part. And how long have you been uh, with uh, Framestore Melbourne, uh, Max? Framestore Melbourne technically has been less than a year since we've been Framestore, but it's been four years, a little bit more than four years. Uh, I joined as uh, Illura, then method melbourne and now frame store uh, same question to you that i asked to prashant max is how's the team how how is the integration obviously it's a, it's ongoing isn't it how is the, the newly crowned frame store melbourne getting on it's uh, it's very freshly crowned we actually did our return to the office officially only last week we are still riding the wave of working from home post pandemic i think uh, it proved really good for a lot of people who live farther in the suburbs or even like these days in different states or different countries so we spend a few the last few months just like prepping up the uh, the studio getting it to uh, frame store standards changing logos painting a few walls in the frame store blue and uh, that it's just freshly done we are now officially the freshly open frame store melbourne and we'll be jumping on the new pipeline anytime soon so transformations is almost complete good good and and it's, it's really exciting to have you both genuinely excited to have this podcast organized because uh, i think both of you are our first melbourne and mumbai guests on the podcast since we launched just before i say just before christmas kind of early december we kicked off the podcast so uh 
keen to have uh, both of your studios represented and it definitely won't be the last Mumbai-based guest or, or Melbourne-based guest. But this is great. This is a first. So uh, yeah. And, and Max, thanks for stepping up. I think you might have been the only volunteer from the Melbourne team to uh, step in as co-host. And, and you know, you're, you're absolutely the right man for the job as well. So uh, should we get into it both? Should we, uh, should we get into the dailies? Prashant, how are you feeling? Are you feeling ready to tackle the, the big 13 questions? Yeah, sure. I'm all, all geared up for that. So Prashant, we're going to drop the dramatic sound effect. And we're into the dailies. So welcome to the dailies, Prashant. My first question is who, where, what? And I think we've established this to a certain point, but I'm going to let you answer it properly. Who are you? Where are you? And what are you working on? if you're allowed to talk about it. Hi, I'm Prashant Nair. I'm the CG supervisor here in Mumbai for Film and Episodic. So uh, last year I had actually finished uh, working on Thor. Currently I've been working on and off, working on Scallop. Uh, show still goes on. Basically, uh, I've been juggling between a lot of things in our studio, Mumbai studio, uh, and helping some of the new departments set up and helping them understand the multi-site workflow while also managing the expectations, figuring out what the teething problems are and kind of providing them solutions to kind of tackle that on a daily basis. Yeah, so Scallop, I mean, that's been a long project, hasn't it, Prashant? Yes, I think it's, I mean, people say decades, but I, I think for what I remember, I think probably been working on for uh, more than two years, probably three years, I think. So I, I was there in uh, London, uh, May 2019. And if I am not wrong, uh, you know, artists said that they were already working on it for almost a year. And uh, an enjoyable experience. I mean, you've talked about the problem-solving exercise and supporting the team and making sure that when you, that it delivers. But as a experience, compared to all of your credits, because I've I've got a list here of all the shows you've worked on over the years, Bashan, and there's too many to fit into an intro. But how's this compare as an experience? So I've had a wonderful experience so far on Scallop, and I would say I've had the opportunity to work with some of the wonderful artists, uh, excellent CG Soup, Gordon, and you know the VFX Soups, Rob and uh, Andy. They're so humble, you know. I mean, you know, I would say that you know that's that's one thing about Framestore which I really like compared to the previous studios I've worked with. I think you know, it, it, in extreme talented people, they're kind of so easy to kind of approach and talk to on a daily basis. Definitely get to learn a lot from them. So yeah, enjoyable experience so far. And I just kind of fingers crossed, I just hope it kind of finishes on time. I'm sure it's, it's created some wonderful imagery and uh, looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and you touched on learning there, Prashant. I mean, they must be huge learning experiences, these shows. I mean, that's over two years of collaboration, problem solving, as we've said, you know, creative problem solving and working with great soups, great teams, producers, artists, you know, infrastructure teams. I mean, how do you capture all of those learnings when you work on a show like that? Capture as in it's an experience, right? I mean, you kind of have a problem or you have a kind of uh, problem to tackle on a daily basis. You get to hear from the, the different stakeholders who are in the room with, with the different expertise they have. And then, you know, they come up with a wide variety of, you know, options. I also make my notes or sketches whenever there's, there's a need to do that. But I think it's just about the experience. You get to learn a lot. And, and the kind of creative freedom we've got uh, in this film is it's kind of, you know, uh, that was the most enjoyable bit, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it must be a lovely ongoing learning experience. I can't imagine what it must be like without its stresses and strains and challenges, of course. But uh, yeah, no, it sounds great. And, and and Max, can I ask what you're working on at the moment, if you're allowed to talk about it? We're wrapping up on 65. I mean, this one, the trailer's out, so that's it's not a secret. And we have a couple of shows starting up. Yeah, we, we, we don't have we don't have many many other shows running at the moment. We are we are really much in the end of uh, end of shows with uh, just like a, a few shows stacking up, but still still pending like the first deliveries from the clients. So sixty five, we we wrapped Lyle a couple of months ago, uh, like Crocodile, and and we're still uh, steaming on uh, Borderland for the past couple of next couple of months. Excellent, excellent. So both very, very busy people. I'm grateful for this uh, this this hour with you both. Um, so uh, let's get into kind of tenure, how long you've worked here. Now, I know I teased out uh, with your intro, Prashant, but I've only taken that from uh, LinkedIn, which is where I exclusively do all of my research and maybe a little bit of IMDb. But Prashant, can you uh, give us the uh, the gospel on you know your tenure? How long have you been with Framestore? Well, Framestore, uh, I started in the year uh, 2019, uh, in the month of May. 
And I think I spent almost a year in London. And that was to kind of plan for, you know, some of the key people to be on board, come to London, uh, you know, get to know people, understand the pipeline, and then go back, come back here and set up the team back here again. So that was a wonderful one-year experience. And uh, after that, I had, you know, uh, after that, I've kind of come back here to Mumbai. And we had this pandemic phase where we worked out of home for a while. And then we had a little bit of challenges getting to convincing people to join while we were, you know, while it was kind of the pandemic phase. But we've had a lot of ups and downs, a lot of teething issues, but I think we're getting there. Still, you know, we are a good uh, team of 250 people almost. We have several departments. Tracking was one of them, which actually started during the pandemic phase. And, and you know, it's one of the biggest team here and working out independently. So, yeah. And so several new departments we are setting up right now as we speak. You know, it's it's texturing and TMP and FX. Yeah, I think yeah. we probably plan to have end-to-end you know, solution here and looking forward to kind of having a good team here in, in yeah. Mumbai. It must have been amazing coming, setting up the studio, that experience of setting up a studio with a clear vision and then reflecting on that now, looking back over all those hires, 250 people, what the team in Mumbai have delivered already in such a short space of time it's huge yeah absolutely true that's true oh, that's brilliant that's brilliant and then and, and let's not get into the 22 years experience in the industry i mean you must have seen some changes prashant i mean what's uh what's been the big change for you you know having worked in the industry for so long what's been the big moment in industry where it just skyrocketed yeah i think i've, I've started in the year 2001 so basically uh, i have seen the transition as in I would say I've been part of that process where, you know, I was able to kind of contribute to, uh, you know, having India on the global map of VFX. And now, you know, you'll be surprised to see that actually in the building where we are right now, there are two more studios who just recently opened up, you know. So there are a lot of, lot of local studios who work for, you know, Bollywood uh, Indian films. And, and there are a lot of these, uh, you know, global studios right now which are also kind of set up, most of them working remotely, kind of having that kind of a hybrid plan, but there are a lot of studio options. And the time I was working on, there was just, just probably, uh, I would say back in 2011, the studio I was working was taken over by Technicolor. That's when I kind of understood oh, yeah. what, what, what VFX is. And then, uh, yes, that's what my journey is in short. And you're right. It's almost kind of like uh, London back in the 90s when all the almost the Silicon Valley of VFX all kind of opened up in Soho, London. And you want, it's almost yeah, a bit like yeah, that in yeah. uh, in India or in Mumbai now is, you know, all of these studios popping up. It feels like a real boom time in India, quite an exciting time to be in industry at this moment in time. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, exactly what you said, Simon. I was just talking to some of my colleagues that this is like a mini Soho here right now. We have a couple of more studios. Yeah, not as fancy as what actual Soho is, but yes, I think we are there. Uh, and I think it's, it's the best time for VFX in India and, and the most wonderful time for the VFX artists to kind of choose from, you know, where they want to work. And uh, let's get into, let's go back. So we're talking about years, experience and breaks. I'd love to hear more about what you would consider to be your big break in industry, Prashant. You've talked about obviously seeing all this change, but what was the moment for you that you would consider to be the break in industry? Okay, so basically I would like to kind of stagger that down and maybe talk about in stages. So uh, going back to 2011 uh, is when I was actually working a part of the gaming division in Technicolor and we used to do a lot of lot of FIFA heads back then. That's even before we had, uh, you know, scans and, you know, all the textures being provided for the uh, modelers. We had to literally take, you know, download pictures from the internet and kind of you know, model them, get the right textures. And then so that was the time we had to actually churn out, you know, the literally I'm saying the churn out because we are kind of creating uh, high fidelity FIFA heads, you know, on a daily basis. And, and it was so good. I mean, back then, I think, uh, you know, um, there was this team from MPC which reached out to us. Uh, they said they're working on a campaign uh, or a commercial for Olympics back then. I, my team worked on some of the sea creatures back then. And this is called the Cadbury Sports versus Stripes. If you get a chance, please do look at it. I mean, it's, 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 if you still look at it, it's pretty good. And uh, our team got the, uh, the VS, VS Award for that. Nice. Since then, there's been no stopping, um, you know, and then th that's when, you know, when this thing clicked, uh, MPC decided to kind of, you know, you know, set up their kind of asset department there in, in Technicolor in, in Bangalore, and which I actually I spearheaded myself. And then after that, again, uh, I, I would say 
I slowly made my way through uh, the VFX film. Did a lot of pitching and, and you know, struggled a lot to kind of convince them that, you know, this is what we can do, my team could do. I would also like to mention here uh, that Akuri, who is my, uh, who's currently the MD of uh, Framestore Mumbai, was back then, you know, uh, uh, MD of, uh, you know, commercials. He, he really played an important role in my transition. So, yeah. And then, you know, I've been working uh, on uh, several movies and, and uh, you know, MPC film. Then I took a break for a while, kind of thought, you know, let me venture into, you know, the, the kind of uh, the gaming bit. Took a break yeah. for almost a year. That's when, you know, I worked in MacMocha for a while, did a couple of mobile games, was part of the marketing team, you know, did a lot of these, uh, you know, short films and stuff. And then I thought, you know what? Uh, I've learned what I wanted to, but you know, my, my calling was always that getting back to VFX film, and that's when it so happened that, you know, I, I met uh, some of the team who came on a business conclave in Bangalore. You know, we decided to kind of, you know, they decided to get me on board. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't fight that calling for to film, but yeah, good to have that break, isn't it? Good to have that break to experience uh, a different a different uh, discipline and a different, I guess, a different output as well. So, it's, you know, but so to return to film where you belong is obviously in our benefit. And yeah, nice you shout out Akuri as well, because I'd, I'd, I would love to get Akuri on the podcast. I think he's got some stories to tell. If Akuri's listening, which I'm sure he is, we'll, we'll get him on soon as well. What about you, Max? What was your, your break, do you think? I checked out your LinkedIn page and uh, you spent some time in Glasgow at Axis and obviously a good chunk of time at DNEG. Um, what would you consider to be your break, your moment? I think I think the big break was definitely back then moving to London and getting into Gneg. That was certainly the. I mean, I was still very fresh off the boat. Uh, I had had my graduation only a year prior, so very junior. I had my first job in Glasgow for three months in Access, and then did a couple of uh, smaller contracts back in France. But um, when I when I got into Gneg, arrived in Soho, like literally. I had never been to London before and I, I get off at Piccadilly Circus and go to Sh- on Shaftesbury Avenue to reach the building of DNEG and it's like, this is amazing. This is this is the road I'm going to do every day. And then when I visited the first time, they took me took me around and they were working on Hellboy 2 at the time and uh, the whole show was made in the building and there was a lot of creative input done by DNEG themselves. So there was it was like literally walking into a, a making of at the bonus of a dvd like when you just like you see the sketches on the walls everywhere there's props it was uh, it was incredible and a, and a question to you both i mean growing up um what was your first experience of what you would consider to be visual effects the moment where you were like i want to do that so well, that's something that i'm passionate about prashant what was your moment in time where or the show that you saw can you remember it's a long time ago right it's it's yeah i know everybody knows what my age is now uh uh well i think it's i don't know the year uh got released it was the first terminator 1984 i really liked it i loved it i, I still watch it sometimes you know i i got so inspired that actually i did a short storyboard of it and you know i i, I tried to do some sort of a sculpt i don't know what what material i use i can't recall but you know i i did do a proper storyboard of that film. Yeah, that's when you know I kind of had a lot of inclination towards Hollywood films and VFX. And I've been watching Star Wars. You know, I've been a big fan of Star Wars. Yeah. Nice, nice, great, great choice. First Terminator as well. Everybody talks about Terminator Two, don't they? Because that was the big groundbreaking visual effects show. But I'm a massive fan of the first one, just because it was almost a proper horror movie, wasn't it? That first one. It was uh, terrifying. Um, and oh, it's very intense really intense and the practical effects were great and the arm and phew, don't get me started and even like even Arnold's uh, buzz cut made him look terrifying he was a scary looking dude back then um how about you Max what was your uh, your first foray into visual effects when you were like yep yeah, that's what I want to do that's that's in, that's quite interesting because um even though I I watched all these the same movies growing up in the 80s with uh, those these incredible blockbuster and I always loved the movies I never really thought about the effects themselves they were just part of the movie and the movie was the the thing right i remember thinking i i, I wanted to do games games were my my, my prime uh, motivation but i remember around the same time i went to see my first cg animated movie i completely uh, passed on toy story at the time uh, i think i was just at the age where i was more interested in music for a while and and then suddenly 
I saw my first Pixar movie in theater, and that was Monsters, Inc. And I was blown away by CG animation. I was like, I, di- I didn't realize it had come like already this far. And it was so beautiful. And plus, you had that Chuck Jones cartoony feel to it that I love. And I was like, I was so moved by uh, at the end. I was like, this is what I want to do. I was like, actually kind of like in a, in a bit of a low down, I had just uh, dropped out of pharmacy university after three years and uh, I didn't know really what to do. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And uh, and around not, not long after, the, I mean, this first Lord of the Rings came out in, uh, in cinemas. When they came out on DVD, there was this huge amount of behind the scenes at Weta Digital, hours and hours and hours, which were at least as fascinating as the, as the movie itself. And I just like watch all these things thinking like, man, this is, this is not a job that these guys do. It's just, they're just having fun all day and then being paid for it. I mean, so that there was two big factors for me. Nice, nice, great examples. And the, yeah, the Monsters Inc. one's an interesting one. So I remember watching uh, some behind the scenes DVD extra, because that's what we, how we used to watch all the behind the scenes back in the day, wasn't it? You get the extra disc. And I remember all the hair work on Sully, all the kind of texture work. It was amazing. Like when he's like in the Arctic and you get every hair and how they went into years ago before I even considered visual effects as a career. But I still remember watching that and going, wow, that is amazing. Oh, that was revolutionary. And you see the hair work now in animation. It's off the scale, isn't it? It's incredible. Um, so Prashant, what's the, um, what in your opinion is the best thing about being part of the good ship frame store? You know, what's, uh, what keeps you here? Well, the first and first, uh, most important thing uh, that, yeah, Framestore I, I, gave me this kind of breakthrough as a CG supervisor. And well, that's exactly what I wanted to be after I kind of took that break. Being part of Framestore is like, you know, working on these wonderful films and, and yeah. having the opportunity to kind of work alongside some veterans and, you know, experts and technicians. And it's hugely rewarding kind of, you know, working alongside these experts. The dedication uh, to kind of work on each show, each shot in sequence is kind of phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Something about having access, isn't it, to all of that talent? You know, you, you're only going to learn amazing stuff, aren't you? Just by, you know, working together, collaborating. I think people... At frame store in my what i've experienced is people are always willing to collaborate you know there's no even the fact that we've got this podcast off the ground you know and I'm, i get to speak to you both um i mean pressure aren't you a legendary cg suit giving me an hour of your time that wouldn't happen in previous roles that i've had you know so it's a real uh, it's a real testament to the people at frame store for sure and um, what about you max what uh, if you don't mind me asking your time at frame store has been quite short obviously what, what are you enjoying so far on your frame store journey yeah i think so far what i'm enjoying is not so much the uh, what's happening on the frame store journey but more with the journey ahead this is where we are right now like everything that we everything frame store seems to be just like more like ahead of us uh, and so it's it's quite exciting there's the there's a whole new pipeline and some uh, some new tools to learn and, and from there on, we can start just like sharing projects with Framestore Studios all over the world. At the moment, we're still very much riding on the same tracks uh, that we have been for the past few years. And, 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 and Framestore is more an idea at this point. But it's, gonna, it's, it's really on the verge of, be, of really just like becoming very real. It's, uh, there's a lot of things to be, to be excited about with the... The, this new frame store future no I, I like your take on that like the looking ahead piece actually the excitement of what's uh, what's coming down the pipe no pun intended i think it's really <laughs> exciting to see and, and it's really exciting to see how again both how the mumbai team continues to grow and you know melbourne being such a new part of the family seeing how how, how the studio develops as well and and, and uh, what, what the teams get to work on i think it's a uh, really really exciting um so prashant if you could recommend, this is one of my favorite questions, and we're getting into the shows now. We've talked a lot about shows already. If you could recommend one show, it's almost a, sh- a show to show to an alien, right? Uh, one show that showcases Framestore at its very best, what would it be? What would be the one one you would take to an alien race? I would have enjoyed working on The Fantastic Beast, The Secrets of Dumbledore, not just because you know they're Oscar-nominated, because for the fact that it kind of showcases a variety of creature work, effects, animation, and all the other departments, and, and it's kind of really, kind of really crazy in terms of the sequences, if you've seen it, it's, it's really amazing. And since I've, I've been part of the His Dark Materials, season one and two, I would say that looking at that and working on that 
particular show. You know, I would say that the kind of the line between the film and uh, TV is kind of becoming hazy. You know, this this yeah, this yeah. this show kind of showcases everything. It's got a huge spread of effects, including environments, exotic locals, airships, hot air balloons, digital doubles, witches, bamf effects. You name it, CG balloons, clouds, and it's got a huge array of photorealistic digital animals, the demons, uh, as we know them. And uh, I think also including the ginormous polar bear and the fact that, you know, you see that sitting with Lyra in some of the shots, it's amazing. And one thing which I've been talking about, the the scallop team, a big shout out to the scallop team. You know, I I, I would say without, without revealing too much, and I must say the... The artists have pushed the envelope both creatively and technically on that show. And they have created some wonderful, uh, amazing environments and sea creatures. It does look incredible. I've only seen the trailer. I haven't seen any. I've seen a few whip screenings. And I, I love your examples, both, uh, you know, The Secrets of Dumbledore, Fantastic Beasts and His Dark Materials, because they've truly showcased, you know, the CFX that Framestore is famous for. Fantastic Beasts is a great example. We talked about it on a previous podcast. It's not like you can just, like, recreate a, I don't know, a bear or, or an animal. I mean, these are just fantastical creatures that, you know, don't exist anywhere else apart from in that movie. And His Dark Materials, again, as a piece of long-form content, is full of so much stuff. I mean, that polar bear almost should be a mascot, along with Paddington uh, and possibly Rocket Raccoon as a, as a frame store mascot, uh, without a doubt. But no, two great examples. Let's move into the next question, uh, Prashant, because I'm very aware of the uh, the 45 minute to an hour runtime of this episode. And again, another favourite question of mine, which is, what is a common myth about your job? role or field of expertise? What do people often get wrong? This, I think, will depend on whom we are targeting. My perspective, if, if you're kind of talking about Gen Z, I think they have a fair understanding of what, what VFX is and what industry the job entails. And for millennials, I must say, most of the people I've spoken to, they're like, is it just about animation or, you know, probably just modeling, you know? Uh, they're not really aware of what, what, what's the other kind of verticals in, in VFX. And for the Gen, F- Gen X, you know, I mean, it's hard time explaining them, you know, what, what my job is, you know. My, my mother still doesn't know what exactly I do, but, you know, just say, okay, you worked on film? Okay, nice, yeah. So from the perspective of the young artists, the kind of Gen Z, you know, because I've done some events and I've spoken to a lot of these, you know, uh, aspiring artists and students, and they kind of struggle to understand. I mean, they kind of have a feeling that, you know, it takes far too long to get into a visual effects studio and they kind of get intimidated. So my piece of advice to them would be like, you know, take just one step at a time and, you know, explore all the possibilities, understand what is their calling and work towards it, you know, um, and and kind of always, always be abreast of the tools and understand what yeah. the visual, you know, the, the VFX film standards are. It's a really good point because it is quite uh, intimidating, isn't it, when you do watch a uh, behind-the-scenes reel. It looks like a science that's almost unattainable sometimes. And I think, it, like you say, it's about, you know, take a step back. You're almost like project management. You chunk it out, focus on different elements of the pipe rather than expecting to come in and being kind of like like the Matrix where he learns Kung Fu. You just plug in and you know how to do all of this uh, incredible mastery. Because it takes time, right? I mean, um, I guess you're not going to be a generalist overnight. It's almost focusing on one discipline first and then start to build your, your skill set. Is that fair to say? Yes, I, 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 I do. I do. I think in the span of last three to four months, I would have done, done like four or five talks on, in different cities in, in India. Yeah, and that, that's what I'm kind of coming up with. I mean, you know, most of the artists, I mean, what of, most of the students I've spoken with, you know, they're kind of just sometimes really scared you know how do i get into it you know will i be able to do it i said yeah this is how i was back in you know uh back to in 22 years you know i started slow you know i just kind of did everything yeah. in maya and then figured out you know what's my expertise and then slowly take it from there yeah excellent excellent well, that's uh, that's great advice and uh you say you talk to a lot of aspiring talent prashant you you do quite a lot of uh keynote speaking and uh events don't you for next gen talent is that i got that right Absolutely, uh, Simon. That that's a great uh, you know initiative, uh, which you know Framestore has come with. I haven't seen that happening so kind of rigorously, so dedicatedly in in any other studios. I think this is the best thing you know best best thing of Framestore. And the culture of uh, mentoring is really strong in visual effects. I found like everybody is you know whether it be the buddy programs we have across you know department onboarding globally 
or the global mentoring program that we have in place or just day-to-day spending time with your teams. I mean, there's a real passion for mentoring, I think, across all of our studios, isn't there? So what's the most important lesson you've learned over your your 22-year career, Rishant? You definitely need to think big, but kind of take baby steps at a a time, you know, towards that and take calculated risk whenever you can. I I never settle for mediocrity and that's very important, you know, and whatever you do, kind of, you need to just time box your work, be focused and and be disciplined, never give up and uh, work really hard, be passionate about your goal. And, and in VFX, it's kind of imperative that, you know, you need to kind of be pixel perfect and look at things at a macro level. But I would suggest that, you know, you kind of zoom out sometimes, just take two, 10 steps back and look at your things and, you know, look at it from different perspectives, you know, and if you think that, you know, your still it's good, it's looking good from a distance. I think you got it almost there. You're there almost, yeah. So end of the day, yeah, I think you just need to kind of enjoy what you're doing. And, and never give up. I mean, just just be dedicated, be disciplined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny, isn't it? You can't you, working, particularly in in on the the production side and the artistic side. It, you've got to have. You use the term passion, Prashant, and you have to love what you do. You 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 can't dial in this work, can you? Like you say, you never you know never settle for mediocrity. I think is a good rule for life. Anyway, I think that's a great a great quotable from this uh, this episode. I think, like you say, we talk about it all the time. Work hard, be nice to people, and love what you do. There's uh, corny as all that sounds it's so important isn't it how about you max have you learned any valuable lessons over your your career yeah many i think if there's one takeaway actually i'm going to be the devil's advocate here to uh to prashant's passion i think one of the biggest lessons for me was that of course we all love what we do and we put passion into it but at the end of the day to never take things too personally because it can really it can really bring you down like if you invest yourself too much emotionally into into something and then uh, uh, an asset a shot a whole sequence is omitted or you taken off halfway and you don't get to finish it it can be it can be really really destroying your your confidence and it can be really painful especially when you like already if you exhausted yourself physically and mentally over it it's the kind of thing that can really just burn you out or make you quit a, a healthy level of uh, of balance between passion and uh, pragmatism that was uh, that was the biggest lesson for me yeah it's, it's all about balance isn't it and particularly when you're working when you're a creative person and it's your work and all it takes is somebody maybe in a daily session to maybe just not deliver feedback in a in in the right way i think it can it can have a very negative effect and i think you know the art of feedback is a, is an art i think it's a, not everybody's good at it and it's about just not like you say not taking it too personally this is you know as lucy said in a previous episode we're not we're not we're not saving lives here right at the end of the day it's a, it's only a movie that you have to re- you have to remind yourself that sometimes like there's a whole horror movies of the 80s remind yourself it's only a movie <laughs> sweet dreams um so um thank you both that's all that's really great advice actually to anybody listening whether it's, it's people trying to get into industry or our own people within framestore i think this is really really strong advice and we're going to get onto the advice question shortly but what i want to hear prashant is um who's been your most important professional mentor you've name checked a few people already but who do you consider to be a mentor to you over the years prashant Again, uh, I would I would say probably a few of them. Uh, starting off my career, there was a creative director. Uh, his name is Paresh Mehta, who kind of helped me out learn uh, alias way friend Maya back then. I think it was 3.5 version, if I'm not wrong, in the year 2001, you know, when I started modeling. Then I would say two supervisors. One is Nicholas Atadi yeah, from MPC and film. And then there was... This Jake Mangers, who is the creative director, again he was part of the commercial, uh, you know, MPC. Both of them, like not not the mentors, but I think they really contributed to the kind of growth of my career. I mean, and uh, you know, I mean, I agree to what Max said that you know you you know don't think take things personally, but like you said that you know feedback has to be give given kind of constructively or you know we need to be polite. But I think with these people, I mean, they they were kind of really you know, blunt sometimes and I really hurt them. And just to kind of prove them wrong, you know, I kind of, sometimes this kind of feedback, you know, really kind of bothers you and you need to kind of push your limits. 
and that that really helped me to kind of you know get to where I am and even when getting into uh, MPC film I think when I would say you know get someone of that calib- caliber they soups yeah. and who are like precision masters you know especially when you're starting uh, in, in in your early career that really helps yeah that's a really good point um we I've, i talk a lot about in the mentoring workshops actually we talk about um when you're mentoring people to demonstrate vulnerability so so to almost share your experiences and the mistakes you made in your career you know you're here 22 years in the future you're the finished article to that mentee but they don't know the squiggly career path you've had the ups and downs the challenges the feedback delivered badly the low moments and i think to disclose that to a mentee is uh, really powerful it's really empowering as well to that individual so i think uh, that's great to hear that you had that support through those folks that you mentioned pushkan that's a great answer thank you i've got another real favorite question all my questions are my favorites they like my babies this is a nice one this is what underrated tool or tools are indispensable for your job so it's underrated what's non obvious so i i wouldn't talk about any technical tools here uh, it's basically so to me i think to anything i've approached till date you know any of any departments i've ventured into uh, i think one thing i strongly believe is the kind of break breakdown and research and i would and i would call this kind of the art of dissection you know so for example if you're aware that you know the renaissance artists like the Michelangelo and you know Leonardo i think they are one of the greatest artists who who learn by dissecting human beings yeah, i mean obviously the dead ones yeah so uh, <laughs> so i'm i'm I'm, ref- i'm referring to this strongly because you know i think that will help us approach our task from ground up you know whether be it animation or modeling and texturing on cfx you know you kind of need to know what's kind of underlying Uh, you know the layers the basic stuff yeah, yeah the foundation exactly and kind of having a good understanding of what is in and around you being observant taking cues from the nature you know and living beings kind of as you say pishan i think it's amazing that you know that underrated tool is the fundamentals of anatomy of understanding biology art being what i always call kind of artistically uh, and culturally not nuanced but literate you know that's why life drawing and clay model sculpting classes and improv classes and acting master classes are so important to how we develop within the visual effects industry is that is that a fair a fair assumption yes for sure yeah and anything you do you need to kind of just just kind of you know dissect it break it down into stages right i mean even if you do an effects for example right i mean you know you kind of have to do like a prop cross section you know how it happens and what are the kind of stages you need to kind of you know introduce yeah Excellent. So I'm going to ask the next question to both of you because I think uh, what's quite nice about this episode or what's really great about this episode is every answer there's some advice in or in there there's some learning for anybody listening. And this is the big one which is the one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your field. Prashant, what what advice would you give somebody who's considering a visual effects career or thinking about a career path to CG soup? be passionate about cinematography filmmaking obviously and and uh whatever is your interest in visual effects and do remember that you know uh whatever you create has to be believable and authentic so make sure you have enough solid references to start with have a proper approach and thoroughly understand to kind of deconstruct it whether it's a real life creature or something you just created uh for example like a mystical creature you know it definitely has to have some solid cues based off real life elements of nature or nature yeah. and you've got to kind of be an engineer or a creator because we vfx artists are actually just doing that right so and and definitely one important thing is be explore and be abreast with the new technology and note to self would be be honest to yourself be open minded and and versatile and communication and network is the key it is that balance isn't it between the tech and the the human skills the the human qualities that that make you the kind of full package nobody can exist purely on the tech alone right i think that's that's really really strong advice and um, what about you max i guess i'm uh, i'm very much aligned with what prashan say the one thing i remember even from my own studies is be observant and be curious about the world around you because Yeah liking like uh, liking movies and liking VFX and maybe liking a very particular type of VFX if you like into creatures that's that's very cool but in the end we asked we are asked to do so many things and 
reproduce reality you have to just like observe nature observe how things work and be curious about why things act a certain way why does light work this way what is uh, why is it that a, a leaf is has this shape and then a butterfly wings uh, looks the way it does it's it, you have to be curious about everything and i think that's like the more you broaden your knowledge and your interests that it would always come in handy and make you better at your craft yeah yeah, that, that's really, really, really great advice. Um, Matt Hughes, our global head of modeling, was on the previous episode and he talked about his indispensable tool being a sketchbook and a pencil and literally just recording. And you're seeing something and sketching it. Even if you can't, even if you're not a brilliant illustrator, it's yours. It's like journaling, isn't it? It's just, and, and that point around uh, being observant, it's like photography, isn't it? If you want to work in, in, in 2D, it's uh, having a love of photography and how light works, how we're like interplays at different times of day, night. Curiosity is uh, is a superpower. I completely agree with that. No, no knowledge goes unused. No, every day is a school day, right? Every day is a school day. So, Prashant, what's one again? Another favorite question. What is one question you wish I'd asked you, and how would you have answered it? Probably, if you would ask me, what was that one game changing moment for me during my career? And I would have answered it was the kind of opportunity to work on. The Jungle Book, the first one, um, which I think got released in 2016. And I was part of the the asset department. And also, luckily, I was part of the photographic team, which went out on, on recce to the jungles to actually do a lot of photo shoots. Because as you know, that apart from Mowgli in everything we created. So we had to make sure that, you know, for the depa- for departments, you know, modeling and asset and look dev, we had to have uh, loads and loads of references. So we went and actually shot everything. Got HDRIs. One of my teams even had a close encounter with uh, one of the pan- panther. God, I think he didn't die for his art. Luckily, they survived. <laughs> so, uh, and then I think creative, uh, got, getting the opportunity to work on, or uh, create all these furry, realistic-looking animals, you know, uh, that was, I think, the biggest game-changing moment for me because that's when I thought that, you know, I mean, till then, you know, uh, there was a big struggle kind of saying, you know, kind of convincing the other, other sides that, you know, the Indian team could actually do some hero assets like that. We did it and we proved it. And I think best part is that you know our team was part of the the oscar awards and, and i'm proud to getting the team and india high on a global platform i remember when i was at the mill along after the technicolor acquisition and heard a lot about the jungle book at that point in time i think that was during the period when it did get nominated for the, for the oscar etc massive massive job i've always got this vision of all these kind of uh, cg artists kind of like wandering around the jungle terrified of being mauled or eaten alive for their for their art but uh, that's what a great experience wow Yes, yes, it was a great experience. And I think I think we had different challenges. I think the weather wasn't that all that great, you know. And with all these jungles, you have huge canopy, you know. You hardly get proper lighting. So we had to actually wait, you know. And sometimes it was raining most of the time. You know, we, we had umbrellas. And I think by the time, rains will stop and then we'll start shooting. Okay, so we're going to start to wrap up part one of this episode. I want to ask you, Prashant, who you'd like to hear on this very podcast next? Who would you like me to speak to and, and grill? I'm not too sure who in particular, but I think definitely I would love to hear from, I think, one of the VFX soups, uh, you know, who will be able to kind of share some of the experiences on on set. Because that's something I'm really keen to do and the kind of challenges and excitement it would entail. That's one. And definitely I would probably want someone to interview you, Simon. Oh, wow. <laughs> and get to learn, you know, how you do all of this with such so much ease. Too kind, Prashant. Thank you. That's very, very kind. So we like to end with our fun pairing question, and I'm going to ask it to both of you because it is the fun question, which is, if you had to eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be, Prashant? That would be rice and fish. That's especially if that's made from, my mom's prepared it. Uh, I love it. And of course, of course, and uh, the spaghetti, what my, my wife makes. So something to die for. I oh, love that. I love that. I'm, I'm excited to get out to Mumbai and just enjoy the food, to be fair. Just, I hear nothing but good things. But yeah, the home-cooked home cooked food, I, what, what a great choice. How about you, Max? What's your, uh, what's your go-to? That's a really tough one. I'm, I'm really bad as those. You, have, you can only take three things on an island. What is it? <laughs> yeah, desert island food. Because I change. I, my preference change day to day. I have phases. Uh, and I love every food. Like literally, I'm like, I, I, I love pretty much everything. 
So I think I would go pragmatic because I can't go, I can't follow my emotions. So I will be just choosing whatever it is that just will provide me with like the most efficient diet and nutrients, because that would be like just saving myself the trouble of finding what it is that I would want and just go for like, give me something that just gives me all, all my needs every day. But I do have a massive soft spot for any kind of noodles in soup, wherever they come from. Excellent, excellent. So you're, you're both carb loading, whether it be rice or, or pasta. Good, good work, strong work. And before I let you go, at least for this part, both is um, I l- always like to ask our guests what music they listen to while they work. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Not everybody listens to music and some people do. But if you do, we do have a accompanying Spotify playlist that accompanies the podcast. So is there a genre of music, Prashant, you listen to or a particular track or two that you enjoy? If you, because I know, not everybody listens to music, right? No, no, I, I do listen to different genres, basically. Uh, but I think it all kind of music depends on my mood. You know, like yeah. how, how Max's mood depends on, you know, what kind of food he wants. But uh, I think I listen to anything which is kind of catchy and from different, yeah. you know, different genres. But but my all-time faves are, I think, MJ, Michael Jackson, Nirvana, Metallica. And, and I think I can hear Hindi oldies, Hindi old music from 60s yeah, and course. 70s anytime. Yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I'm definitely coming for you for some uh, podcast recommendations for the playlist, Prashant. Definitely all of those will work. How about you, Max? Do you have a go-to? For a few years now, I've been listening more to actually YouTube videos. I find that people talking about subjects that don't take too much of my attention actually like stimulate my brain in just the right amount without really distracting me too much. So that's that's kind of taken the place of music in the past years for me. But I used to listen to a lot of really heavy music which i find works great when you're doing repetitive tasks and when you when you go autopilot i love to listen to like some really brutal metal or like a really pumping uh, electronic music otherwise sometimes i really really enjoy listening to um, just classical music it's just like incredibly uh soothing it, it, it can be really good for concentration Love it. Well, you both have very eclectic music tastes. I'm sure you can both bond on the uh, the heavy stuff. I know Prashant likes a bit of Metallica, so I think you can uh, definitely have some kindred spirits there. Well, that's uh, that's great, both. Thank you so much for answering that question. That brings us neatly to the end of uh, part one of this week's episode. So uh, obviously join us this Thursday where uh, Max is going to take over the reins and uh, we're going to get technical, I think. I think I'm going to step away and let the magic happen between uh, Prashant and Max. But for today's episode, we're going to say thank you very much both, and uh, we'll see you on Thursday. Well, that was part one. Join us for part two of the Framestore podcast this Thursday, where Max takes over proceedings as co-host and interviews Prashant. You don't want to miss this one. See you then.